Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. And I brought uh, today a raggedy old bag <coughs> uh, <coughs> because it was the nearest one, um, but I wanted a bag for this morning. Is I, I grew up, <coughs> sorry, clearing my throat. That's how I grew up. But now I grew up uh, essentially either in a church building, like front row, or in a car on the way to a church building. Is that was much of my life. I'm sure somewhere I went to school, but I barely, I barely remember that. Uh, I remember the dash of a Holden Commodore, though, uh, pretty clearly. Is we just we just drove everywhere. My parents were pastors in in everyone's favourite holiday destination, Gilgandra, uh, Western New South Wales. Um, yeah, you've all booked out the accommodation. I know it. I can't get in, so I go to the coast instead. But um, we had a church there, and my parents started planting churches inconveniently far away from there, an hour drive every time. So we would do church and then we would drive to church and in the middle of doing church, we would listen to preaching. And so I, something obviously stuck, yeah? <laughs> Just like by submersion. <coughs> and I'd be like, there are certain preachers that may be your favourites if you're of a certain vintage that, that trigger me. I just have flashbacks now. Anytime I hear Joyce Meyer's voice now, I'm like, oh... I'm that nine-year-old in the Holden Commodore all over again. But we would go to conferences in Perth and Brisbane. In fact, most of our holidays were designed around more church things and conferences. And so there was always stuff. And I traveled nonstop, which was fun. I loved it. I loved spending time with my parents, loved being in the church services, loved the experiences and the things I got to saw. And in the book of Acts where it says, hey, we have seen, we cannot deny the things that we have heard or that we have seen. I'm there with them going, there has been stuff. Uh, that has locked me in for life, which is fantastic. But we would travel all the time. So suitcases and bags became a part of our life. Now that I'm older, I travel further around again and overseas and have nicer bags. This is not one of them. I don't like this bag, but I am cheap. So it'll do until the laptop falls out the bottom, right? And so if you are kind of similar to me, whatever your bag is, it is not your bag on a family holiday, is it? It is a communal bag. And uh, as the, the man in my house, uh, whatever space I have is no longer mine. Uh, <laughs> I'll get to a holiday destination, open up, and turns out I needed a hairdryer. <coughs> I'll rock up places with a pair of heels, and I'm convinced that I left my pair of heels at home. What are these heels doing? No, I don't have heels. But there's, there's things that I don't need. There's stuff I'm going, okay, kids, you can bring one toy and I unzip a certain compartment in my bag at the holiday and there are all the toys I decided to bring, apparently. Uh, all the colouring in and the different games that I didn't know that I wanted, but there they are. Even to the point of going overseas and going through customs and seeing, you know how you kind of peek around to see, is it scanning through just to see what they see? It's like, there's an Iron Man action figure I did not know I, I needed in America. But... Thank goodness I, need, I, I got to play with Iron Man as I was overseas because kids sneak their things in. Anyone else have people? Like, maybe you just have that at Woolies. Kids sneak the kinder surprise into the trolley. <coughs> and, uh, and so I've become accustomed to that, even, even to the point of have you ever owned a bag and then after a couple of years you realise there's a special compartment that you did not know about. I've found this so many times because I, I, I don't check carefully. 
Uh, and from where I'm going with this, the point of it is, is that all of these times that there's been something snuck into my bag is I've still held on to it. Even as a child, you find random things in there that I carried it around, I took it overseas, I've taken it all over the place, and yet I still had very little clue about what was actually in it. Like, I, I had an idea, but there were quite regularly that there's been something in there that, that took an exploration, that took opening it to discover that it was fine. No, I'll, I'll clear my throat all day. Sorry, thank you, though. It's very kind <coughs> example. But... But I, I, just didn't, I never knew what was in it until there's an explanation. And my, my view of my own faith growing up, even in my adulthood, and my perception of, of many Christians that I've run into and, and spend my life with, is that this is essentially how we carry around our Christianity, is our relationship with our faith is much like a bag that we, we strap onto our shoulder that we carry around and have very little understanding about what it is that we're actually carrying around. That we, we kind of get the gist of, oh, Jesus died for my sins, that I'm a Christian, I'm a good person, this is either an insurance policy or a membership thing, or, or it gives me in social circles, or whatever it might be. But we have only a mild understanding of that there's actually something in this that could change the situation I'm in. That there's something in the here that, that is, if I were to dig around into it and find the compartment and, and kind of press into the things of God and, and start to explore it in the first service, I've discovered that in fact, just in this bag, I have a wedding invitation <laughs> that I did not know I had. Ah, uh, it's all right. I think I turned up to that one. But the same with our faith is when we start pressing into the things of God, and I, I want to experience it, not just carry it around. Like I've got the label, I've got the bag, and here I am, I am a Christian, but God has put something within us. He has handed salvation over, and when we just carry it around, there is so much packed into it that we, we miss out on because of our misunderstanding. And I want to read this verse from Ephesians chapter 1, <coughs> because it's quite an eye-opening verse. Verse 3, it says, All praise to God the Father, uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every. Not some, not a couple. This is not future tense. Will, he says, has, has blessed us with every every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And this is why, because, because we are united with Christ. In other words, this isn't just something that is default for everybody. This is when we are united with Christ as believers, as the church, the body of Christ, we are one with Jesus. If you have faith, if you are a follower of Christ, here he says, I have already given to you every spiritual blessing that you'll ever need. Everything from heaven that, that you will need for your effective Christian walk, that everything that you'll need for any situation you find yourself in to spiritually walk through the valley, to overcome the obstacle, come on, I've given it already. There's a commentary that I use that explains it, articulates it better than I ever could, so I'm just gonna read it. It's up on the screen for you as well. It says, with what are believers blessed? With every spiritual blessing. Now, every spiritual blessing is a phrase, eugolia, uh, which is used over 400 times in the Old Testament alone, just to describe how favoured and blessed the people of God are. But he says this refers to every spiritual enrichment that is needed for life. Since these benefits have already been bestowed on believers, catch that, they're already been given. <coughs> they need not ask for them, but rather appropriate them by faith, which is take hold of them, grab hold of the things of God. Just, just have faith, oh, we'll get there. Anyway, similarly, Joshua was not to ask for land since God had already promised it to him. 
but he was to enter into the enjoyment of that provision. I like that example. Joshua wasn't to rock up to the promised land and go, hey guys, if you mind, like, could, would you mind giving me a slither? No, God had said, that is yours. Grab hold of it, appropriate is essentially like Joshua going in, going, there is what God has already given, it is mine to grab hold of. Now we struggle to believe that because we feel a bit shortchanged most times. We are in, a, in situations, we have obstacles, we are facing things that we go, well, it doesn't, I don't feel overwhelmingly blessed. And this is the difference, I think, between just holding onto the handle of our faith opposed to getting into and grabbing hold of and finding and discovering the things, having the revelation, pressing into the things of God. See, the problem <coughs> isn't necessarily God's willingness to give. It is more our willingness to grab hold of. And we need to, gra- we, we need to understand the, the, this is very different. It's not God's willingness to give that is the problem. He has already given every spiritual blessing. You might be sitting back, I don't want a spiritual blessing. I'd rather a financial blessing, please. I'd rather a different kind of blessing. Well, and that is fine in physical, short term, but there is a greater inheritance for us that our eyes need to shift up sometimes. Yeah. From the spirit comes the physical. That, that comes secondary. But the most important thing for us should be this, what he's saying is, I am so blessed because I've been given every spiritual thing. You know, well, what about ABC? Yeah, yeah that, that's coming. But every spiritual blessing... God's willingness to, to bless is not our issue. It's our, it's our willingness, our desire to dig into the things of God, to press in, to find out what He has for us, to, to push through our obstacles, to find what Jesus has for us. <clears throat> that there's so much more depth and width in the things of God, in salvation that He's given us that we'll ever know. And as long as we only ever hold on to the strap, the handle, as long as we only ever throw on our bag of Christianity and saying, well, off I go, we will never discover the things that God actually has for us. We'll never actually discover the things that He wants us to do or what He can do through us when we are just carrying it around and, 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 and realise, hey, I've never actually looked in to see what's in there. Like the number of times that I've rocked up to a, a destination that I did not require a Beyblade. And there is a Beyblade in my bag. Thank you, child. <laughs> I had no idea, but I think that we do this with our faith all the time. We kind of roll around. I think one day we'll stand before God and just be like, mate. And we'll go, God, where were you? I couldn't. He said, I gave it to you. you just, it, was, it was just, if you just, if you just, maybe if you understood, you pressed it, maybe worship. I gave you so many chances. I had already given the spiritual blessing that you required, but we have this mentality of let go and let God when he says, I've already given you it all. Grab hold of it and let's go. See, when we carry around our, our Christian faith just like a backpack, I find that, that church really quickly turns into a place where we bring our own bags called belief and we listen to someone else unpack theirs in front of us. And we go, geez, their bag looks interesting. I wish I had that in mind. I, didn't, I don't have that secret compartment that they awfully pulled that one out of. We sit back and we assess, and oh, I hear this constantly, we assess how, how deep the band had pulled into their bag during the week. You go, oh, well, I wasn't overly anointed this week. Well, they should have dug deeper. It becomes a place where we bring ours and just, it can quickly turn into this and we assess whether this is worth carrying around based on what they reveal to us that's in theirs. 
<coughs> and rather than the anointing that these people are we're assessing them, my, my consideration would be us as a church, if we all brought ours and opened it up because it's to God that we're bringing glory. I'm going, well, I'll add mine, what I've revealed, what God has given me, what the depths of my relationship with him, I'm going to add that to what our worship team is. We're all worshippers, yeah? Not just if we're rostered on. We're all disciples, yeah? Not just if I'm in a small group. Even to the point outside of church, we, we can carry this around and it starts to become an inconvenience when we don't understand the power that's within it. Our faith, our salvation, what Jesus has done for us, we can carry it around and, and, and not realise the power that is there. To the point where so many of my friends and people I've just, who have carried it around as the badge, I went to a Christian school, I grew up in a Christian home and this is it, and I've just learned how to carry my bag called my faith, I have belief. I'm a Christian. And they find it to eventually be an inconvenience carrying something when they don't understand what it is that God has put within them. As I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do these things to carry this around. It might just be easier if I take it off. And the only way they get there is because they've just missed what God has actually placed within them. They've missed the, the revelation, the understanding, the power that God has put within there that what salvation actually encompasses. Because it's not God's willingness to give that is the problem. He's already given. It's our willingness to discover the mysteries of God, the things that he has done, the, what that breath in our lungs, the Holy Spirit is doing in and through us. We'll never live a day on purpose if we are not willing to discover what God has put within us. And this is the, this is the thing, I think, is that action is actually a requirement of faith. Action is a requirement of faith. It, in fact, faith is action. It's not intention. At some point, we have to press into God. To, that is what faith is. Is prayer is faith. Why, why waste the breath if we, if we don't believe? That prayer is faith. So at some point, we fast. At some point, giving. We do that. Why? Because we believe that God is. We are already blessed and we will continue to be blessed Therefore, I can have some action here and now. <coughs> that we lift our hands based, is action, faith. Lord, you are Lord. This is a weird kind of gesture to do. Unless there is faith involved. Of saying, I'm surrendered. You are the King. You are the Lord. And I'm, I'm so thankful for all the things that you have done. Singing is a weird thing. That's considering only a few of us can do it, yeah? <laughs> and yet, this is something the Bible says that we all are to do. Well, the moment we start singing is faith, Lord, that this is, a, this is a beautiful sound to you at least, maybe not the person next to me. But my faith says this is good for me, but it's good for you. It's good for the people around. My faith is elevating the atmosphere in this place. My faith is bringing heaven down to earth. It is invading in my life, my mind, my soul. This faith that has action in, attached to it rather than intention. This faith is action. <clears throat> at some point, when we decide to grab hold of our own faith, our own Christianity, our own salvation, and say, you know what, I'm not happy just carrying around the label, not happy just carrying around going, yeah, I'm a Christian, I said a prayer once at a youth camp, is go, no, I'm, I actually want, Holy Spirit, what have you put within me? Who are you to me? Who are you when I walk out of these doors, the power of salvation? Who is it that, that heals the sick? I need to know why, but because people in my world need a power-filled church. 
People in this city need to experience a loving, grace-filled, powerful God, not just a, a people who have an attendance habit, but God, I wanna get into with the thing that you have given. Yeah. And the key here, I think, is that we need to be a church that is hungry for the revelation, not just content with memorization. Because revelation will always beat memorization. We can remember all the verses. We can remember all the things from Sunday school. We can remember all these different concepts and principles. But it's when we have a revelation that we dig into the things of God and pull that out. It's when we have a revelation that my God is a healing God, that we lay hands on the sick. And guess what? We see them recover. The revelation, tapping into the thing. When, when we go, you know what? I am forgiven. I don't just know it because I've been told it, but I have a, a core conviction that I am a forgiven person. You know what? I don't walk around in shame. I don't walk around with guilt. I, I make a mistake and you go, it's okay. I am forgiven. I'm moving from this place forward. I'm not putting the, any guilt on me, any shame on me. I am a son of God and nothing can take that away. That is a revelation that prayer moves mountains, that my God is for me, so who can be against me? But it's time that we dig that we take action. Because I think that there is a difference between wishing and faith. We often compare hope and faith. Hope in the biblical sense is just faith in the future tense. Is I have hope in eternity. That is in the future, hopefully a while in the future. I have hope that what Jesus has done will change what's coming. But we, we often have present tense kind of hope, which is more, in our terms, just wishing. And there is a difference between wishful thinking and faith. See, wishing is just a desire, whereas faith is a demonstration. Faith is action. I've said for years that faith acts. Faith acts before it sees, but faith acts. Faith is a demonstration. <clears throat> we can wish things happen for us, but I can tell you this, that until, until we demonstrate our faith by doing what is aligned with that, we won't see the things of God come play. James is quite uh, straight with this in James chapter two. The first, first verse here says, you see his, he's referring to Abraham here. Abraham's faith and his actions actually work together. His actions made his faith complete. And verse 17 and verse 26, six essentially says the same thing. It says faith without works or faith without action is dead. We put action into this. I love the story in Matthew 9. <coughs> it shows this quite, quite clearly uh, with two blind people. It says this, After Jesus left the girl's home, who was dead, but not when he left, she was alive now, uh, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying. And I'm just impressed at that, that two blind guys could find their way into the house. I see, I think it's underlined here. I think it's impressive. <laughs> And the way I first read it is that they walked into the house. <laughs> but I studied it and that's not what it means. But anyway, <laughs> they got in the house. What a miracle. But it gets better. And where he was staying and Jesus asked them, do you believe that I can make you see? And then facing the wrong way, they said, yes, Lord. <laughs> they told him we do. Sorry, it's probably not funny, but it probably is actually, but... Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it'll happen. And their eyes were opened and they, they could see. See, there's a frenzy going on at this time because well, Jesus just healed a paralyzed man. He could get up and now he could walk. Walked from that situation to a dead girl and raised her from the dead. 
So there's a bit of excitement going on and there was a, a bit of a crowd here. <coughs> but these two blind men decided that if I could just get near Jesus, if I could just get into his presence, that something could happen. That if I could just press through the crowd and somehow find the door and somehow get into the room that Jesus is in, something could happen that he could change it. I'm an, I, I could just picture them saying, we are done with Jesus' story time. I am tired of hearing people tell us what was in their experience and their encounter, what was in their faith and what they got when they dug into the salvation. I'm sick of Jesus' story time. It is time to experience it for myself. If I could just push in, if I could get in and find it, then everything could change. And we can know these things just by memorizing, by hearing the content, by going, well, that's lovely, isn't Jesus nice? Or we can know it by opening up our faith and experiencing it ourselves. See, Psalms verse chapter, uh, chapter 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It doesn't say just read the reviews that the Lord is good. David isn't saying, I hope you just kind of pick it up one day and just believe, think that the Lord is good. No, he said, this is to be experienced. The goodness of God is not just to be carried around and go, well, I think that he's good, but I wouldn't actually know. But he says, no, he is to be experienced. God's desire is to be experienced. We just finished the series on being spirit-led, saying the Holy Spirit is a personal God. He is to be experienced, to be felt, to be carried and walked with. We turn him into something he is not, something distant, far, absent, quiet. But that is not what is written. That is not what is to be experienced for us. We need to be people who explore and push into the things of God. Pray, push into his presence. Like these two blind people going, I want to taste and see, probably more the see on their compartment, right? That the Lord is good because blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Those are action that we are to taste. We are to look for the, that the Lord is good. We are to take refuge, not find ourselves within refuge. Not to sit back and wait for refuge to take us. We say, come on, press, go take refuge in him because then we are blessed. These two blind men were just tired of hearing about it. See, my, my view of this, knowing the frenzy that was going on, is that there were more people who required a miracle than just the two blind men. But those were the two who were willing to push through the crowd. Those were the two that were willing to risk embarrassment, to risk harassment. You can read constantly, the crowd constantly stopped people who needed Jesus from getting to Jesus. Zacchaeus, they blocked. The blind men, they blocked. Lepers, they pushed away. Children, they pushed away. Come on, like... And these two just got, they risked it all, risk being ignored, risked, what if it doesn't work? Just to get to Jesus, just to get closer. Because I, I, I just think that these days, the, the opposite to courage and the opposite to us taking action isn't cowardice anymore. In our society, the opposite of courage is now comfort. Our world wants to be more comfortable and ideally we wouldn't risk that even if there was something up for grabs. In fact, there was a, a thorough study done by the Michigan University where they just had, they did this over thousands of people and they, they did little, uh, little bets and little disciplinary action and little wins and just over a long scale of time. And what they found is that the, the losses that people occurred, that people had, 
would affect people far greater and in a compounding way than any win that they had. And so we would have a win, you'd get a spike up to one and drop down to zero. But if you had a loss, you'd go to one, to two, to three, to four, you'd go negatives and it would continue to compound. And they found that people were willing to, or not willing to give up what they had, even when there was something greater, essentially guaranteed at the end. I'd rather be comfortable. These blind men show the example. (coughs) And if you grab hold of anything today, I hope you remember this, that God responds to initiative, not intention. Faith is action. Faith is the initiative. Faith is movement. Faith walks. Faith has legs. Faith gets moving, even before it sees. And God responds constantly to initiative, not not just our intention. See, Noah, when building the ark, didn't wait for God to drop the Titanic at his feet because God had already given him everything he needed to fulfill the calling on his life. See, I think it's impressive that God brought animals to the boat. Like, I can't get my dogs to do what they're told and God got all the animals to do what they're told. That's a fantastic miracle. But dropping a boat probably would have been easier. I think to get a cat to do what he says, geez, and just go, no, thanks. <coughs> could have dropped a boat there but God said just go I've given you trees go chop them down make the boat I've already given you everything you need I see it in every faith kind of father throughout the Bible Abraham all these people I've already given you everything you need I love the story of David he could have just gone God I'm just going to wait for a lightning bolt for you to strike uh, Goliath he's wearing a big metal hat he's probably a conductor just get him And God said, I've given you everything you need. Pick up a rock. I've made him extra large. You can't miss. I've given you everything you need. You just close your eyes and throw. You'll probably hit him. But David could have sat back there and just gone, you know, like, no, Lord, just let go and let God. You do it. I just need, I don't feel like you've given me enough to be able to accomplish this. I don't think that I have, I don't think I have the power of God to see a miracle. I don't think that my prayers will avail a lot. I don't think that I'm a good enough Christian. I'm not forgiven. I've got to work on some things before I do that. I don't think that I can disciple the lost. I don't think I've got much to offer to other people. Like Luke, I don't, I don't think I could lead a small group because of, uh, essentially because we, we just don't understand that God has given me everything that I need to accomplish every calling that I have. He hasn't withheld from any one of us. It is not His willingness that is in question. It is ours to dig into the things that He has given me, for me to experience it ourselves. I'm thankful that we've got the Bible where we can look at David going, I'll take this sucker down because God has given me everything I need to do this. How dare he defy the living God? For Noah, sitting there going, I'll chop the trees down. God has given me what I need to survive this, to bring and establish this new covenant. I'm thankful that we see this, but come on, church, we need to be a people who aren't just bag-carrying Christians who say, oh, I believe in God and, and just go, well, it doesn't actually change much of my life though. I have memorization, but we need to move into this revelation where I'm in the presence of God, 
where even when I feel like I'm in lack, I can come back to the fact of going, well, I feel like I'm lacking, but I know that I've been given what I need. I wonder where that secret compartment of my faith is. Lord, I'm gonna press in this week in prayer. Lord, I need an answer. I'm low on energy. I'm low on courage. I'm full of fear, but I know that I have what I need to overcome it. I'm not stopping until I discover the mysteries of my Lord. Because faith requires our action. I'm gonna start taking steps. I'm not just waiting. Holy Spirit, let's, I pray that we stop seeing you as our Tinkerbell, our genie. Our... You have given us all that we need. See, these blind men shouted so loud. They risked it all. Now, willing, just if I could just touch, church, do we still believe just if you, just one touch from God could change everything? Just the breath of God and all of a sudden things can shift. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what you're experiencing right now, but I can tell you the answer is found in God. Found in. It's found in your salvation. Found in what He's already given. If you're a believer, what you are looking for is already found in what is in your hands. Our purpose, our freedom, the miracles we need, the direction we're asking for. God, it, it usually comes in the form of digging and not waiting. Jesus pointed out the cause of their answer prayer. said, well, it's because of your faith that you now see. Not, not your intention, but because of your action-based belief. Church, I just want to encourage you today. I'm trying to call you in a little bit closer to Jesus today. It's my heart this, this morning for you is that, that you might just go, you know, I, I'm going to explore this more. I'm going to press in this, this week, today, even this afternoon. I'm just, here is where I'm at, Lord. And, and I'm going to believe what your word says that you have given me what I need. And I just want you to this week, even, even now, would you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal these things? Where is it that your faith, your kind of fear is stopping you? Your comfort is just stopping us. See, it's so often that often our pride is the stumbling block to our breakthrough. Is that in worship we don't feel it because our pride kind of goes, well, you know, mm, I don't want to. What if someone sees me? I'm not going to, I can't sing. It's, I'm not, not comfortable. What, what if my prayer sounds weird? I'm not eloquent. I can't say the right things. I've got to sort out this. It's this. Our pride prevents us. Our comfort prevents us from discovering the things that the Holy Spirit is actually wanting to do in your life. And I just want to encourage us this morning that the freedom that is found in Christ, that there is more to be found. The purpose that we all have, the, the impact we want to make in this world, in our family, to see, it's great to see the sick healed, but to see people saved, to see this city transformed, this nation transformed. We've been given everything that we need. And I could just imagine what, what the future could look like with people who were willing and committed to saying, I'm not going to carry this label of Christian any longer, but I'm going to be someone who digs in and finds what God actually has for me. Not to get to the end of my life and discover, oh, I actually had what I needed, but to be someone who goes, oh, I'm going to find what I need in God and what He's placed in my hands for this time. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.